You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Beautiful ladies, God bless you. Let's all stand as we take our Bibles to Romans chapter 3. Let's be sure that our cell phones are on silent, please. There's many people in here. We want to minimize distractions as much as possible. I know some of you are on call 24-7. I understand that. If you see somebody who has to leave, it's not because they're wishing to be a distraction. I promise you that. But... uh, Just make a decision to focus in. God bless you so much for being here. I promise the Lord has something for you. I have a very clear mission in my message this morning. If you are lost, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, I want to clearly show you how you can be saved this morning. If you are saved, I want to clearly show you how you can be strengthened this morning by the same Holy Spirit that the Lord gave to us and promised to us. Romans chapter 3 Let me tell you this. We're going to be reading in Romans chapter 3, then we're going to go over to 2 Corinthians, and then we're going to go back to Matthew. And I'm going to be preaching from none of those passages. However, if you listen to just these passages, you will hear enough. You will hear enough if you are lost to be saved. And you will hear enough if you are saved to be strengthened. My message will simply be something that is built upon the foundation of these scriptures right here. We'll come back to them. These are going to be little side stops along the way. So I figured let's just read them all now, and then we'll know later in the the message when we come back to them, okay? So Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says this, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Do you think God's trying to teach us something here? And he knows that we're hard-headed, so you just keep on nailing the same thing. No, 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 no. All, no, no, no. Okay? No, No exceptions here, right? Verse 20. Therefore... By the deeds of the law, because nobody is good, have you ever heard people say, I know I'm going to heaven because I do good deeds? Because I follow the law, I obey the law. It's everywhere. We call it religion. Okay? So, but if there is none that doeth good, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. No flesh be justified in his sight. Now, you might be justified in your sight, but whose sight matters here? No flesh shall be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law tells you what sin is. It doesn't save you from it. And I don't want you to be shocked when you stand before God and have to tell him, well, my priest said, and my preacher said, and my religion said, that in their sight, as long as I did good things, I'd be good. Because by the time you get to judgment and you're wrong, it's too late So listen, please listen. By the law is the knowledge of sin, not the salvation of sin. But now, the righteousness of God, righteousness is the opposite of sin. 
the righteousness of God without the law. Guys, put the law aside for just a second. Righteousness has nothing to do with the law. Righteousness of God without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, watch this, which is by faith. Not by works. By faith of Jesus Christ unto all. Remember the all that he was talking about earlier? The all the sinners? Well, unto all. And upon all them that work. Believe. All them that believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace. Verse 20 says, says, no justification by the law. We are justified freely by his grace. If you're going to be justified by the law, that ain't free. That's a lot of work. And if it's free, it's for me. <laughs> you know, if I don't have to pay for it, I, great. You don't have to pay for it because Jesus paid for it. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation, a satisfaction, through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? Because if it has nothing to do with our good works, do we have anything to boast of? Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? The law of works? No. But by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Kept on talking about righteousness. Righteousness, righteousness. And isn't, isn't that what religion is all about? To be made righteous in the eyes of God? Because we know that we are sinners and we need to get rid of that. We can't stand before a holy God with our sin. And so religion says, well, do this, do this, do this, do this, obey the law, 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 good, 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 works, 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 and you'll be righteous. Well, that, that passage is no, no, no. But let's talk about this righteousness now. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he, God, hath made him, Jesus. For God hath made Jesus to be sin for us in our stead. Though he knew no sin, Jesus never sinned, and yet he was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. All right, back to Matthew chapter 7. Verse 17. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Simple. Right? A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. It's impossible. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits 
ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of, of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful, what? Works. Works. And then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work, not denying your works, but ye that work iniquity. But I was bringing forth fruit, corrupt tree. The fruits you bring forth will be evil. I have a question this morning. Do you know his voice? Do you know his voice? Father, please speak to us through the message. Save the soul that is nearest hell. Use me in any way that you can. Revive backsliders in the room. Call prodigals home. Lord, glorify your name and do it in a way where only you can take the credit for it. And we ask this. We ask this humbly and sincerely. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We're going to visit three imagination stations this morning. Okay? So, imagine station, imagination station number one. Imagine here an airport with no control tower. They can't even get their stuff together with one. And that will be imagination station number two. But for now... Imagine an airport with no control tower. Imagine a trainee without a trainer. Imagine a student without a teacher. Imagine a hiker without a guide. Imagine a sufferer without a physician. How about this? You don't have to imagine this one. Just open your eyes to the world today. And what result are we witnessing with children who are being led to face this world without parents. An airport without a tower is chaos. Would we agree? A trainee without a trainer remains ignorant. What does this button do? And that one. That one's shiny. A student without a teacher is handicapped and is learning. A hiker without a guide wanders and is easily lost. A sufferer without a physician will never heal. Children without parents lead to poor decisions based upon immature reasoning. Now imagine with me an airport with a control tower, but the pilots ignore the tower. Imagine with me now a trainee with a trainer, but the trainee ignores the trainer. Okay, an airport with a control tower, but they ignore the control tower. That is much worse than chaos. That is chaos that could have been avoided. And a trainee with a trainer, but he ignores the trainer, is much worse than ignorance. That is unnecessary ignorance. Imagine a student with a teacher, but the student ignores the teacher. That's much worse than if the student never had a teacher at all. 
Imagine a hiker with a guide, but the hiker ignores the guide. That's much worse than wandering. That's unnecessary wandering. Imagine a patient with a physician, but the patient ignores the physician. That's much worse than suffering. That is unnecessary suffering. Imagine, a children, uh, imagine children with parents, but the children ignore the parents. If that child makes poor decisions in spite of their parental counsel, if that child continues in his immature reasoning in spite of his parents' reasoning being given to him, that child is subjecting himself to unnecessary difficulties. Now imagine with me. A human being with no God. A human being with no God is left to his own devices, left to his own will and way, left to make his own definitions of right and wrong, left to follow his own path and forge his own destiny. He's the master of his fate. He's the captain of his soul. Now, despite popular belief, any human being that is left to his own nature will come to destruction. We are bent to decay, not to improve. So then now imagine with me a human with God, but the human ignores God. When God directs him, he chooses his own path. When God teaches him, he disagrees. When God leads, he doesn't follow or she doesn't follow. When God corrects him, he doesn't care. When God seeks to heal him, he refuses to take the medicine. That is much worse than destruction. That's avoidable destruction. Who could blame you, sir, for being destroyed if you had no God to teach you? Who could blame you, ma'am, for being destroyed if there was no God to speak to you? But there is a God. Amen. And he does speak. Therefore, if you come to destruction anyway, you bear the blame. You bear the blame. If the tower is telling the pilot to do this and the pilot does that and he crashes, who bears the blame? God speaks to man. He speaks to the rich. He speaks to the poor. He speaks to the young. He speaks to the old. He speaks to the healthy. He speaks to the sick. He speaks to the educated. He speaks to the illiterate. He speaks to the agitated. He speaks to the calm. He speaks to me. And he speaks to you. The question is, do you know his voice? From a very young age and still to this day, I could be in a room with hundreds of people and know when my dad speaks to me. Growing up in junior high, high school, he was always watching. And I could be in a room filled with many people, with a lot of other dads calling their sons, and it went in one ear and one, out the other. But his voice, son! <laughs> I know his voice. I know God's voice. Do you know his voice? Now, if you don't, it's not because he's not speaking. 
Now let me say this, I can't help you if you ignore God. I can't help that. Perhaps the only help that this message could be would be to show you the immense amount of pride that it takes to ignore God. And maybe to remind you of the unnecessary destruction to which you are heading by ignoring God. But for the most part, if you have come to the point where you could ignore God, I cannot help you. But if you don't know God's voice because nobody's taught you what it sounds like, I can help you. Because there are some verses in the Bible that teach us what the voice of God sounds like. If I can show you what his voice sounds like, and if you hear him speak to you this morning, will you listen or will you ignore? If the God of the universe would speak to you this morning, would you listen even if what he says completely goes against what you have always believed? John chapter 16. You don't have to stand again. John chapter 16. Here is where I'm going to be preaching from this morning. Now, let me preface this while you're turning there by saying, I have never heard the audible voice of God. Okay? I have never heard voices in my head. I have never been walking along and heard somebody call my name audibly. Never heard that, right? But though I've never heard him speak audibly, I know his voice. My ears cannot tell you what his voice sounds like. My heart can tell you what his voice sounds like. And I'm not trying to be cliche. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm not trying to be spooky. John chapter 16, verse 7. This is Jesus speaking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It's necessary for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit of God, which is just as much God as God, the Father is God, and just as much God as Jesus is God. Three, three in one, the Holy Spirit is God. And Jesus says right now, you love that I'm here, but it's actually good that I go away because if I go away, the Holy Spirit will come. He can be everywhere. And he can speak to everybody. Whereas I am robed in this flesh and I can just speak to you. Okay. When he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Now it was cool enough for God, for Jesus to say at that point, I go to my father. Nobody had ever ascended on their own accord from earth to heaven. It was cool enough for him to say that, but he's about to die and yet still ascend. Well, you got to rise again if you're going to do that. That makes it even cooler <laughs> of righteousness because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince, little p, Satan, the prince of this world is judged. Do you know his voice is my question. Do you know his voice? 
Let me, let me start with this. Have you ever heard the voice of God in your heart reprove you of sin? Oh, I have. Now, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm not talking about conscience. I'm not talking about what is built into everybody of, yeah, I guess that was wrong. Listen to his voice. Let me tell you what his voice sounds like. I know what it's like to do something. And the Spirit said, you should not have done that. Immediately, you should not have done that. Well, I always did that before. You ain't doing it anymore. I know what it's like to say something. And the Spirit said, you should not have said that. Let's go a little before. I know what it's like to think about saying something and say, and don't you dare. Don't you dare. Well, I always said it before. You're mine now. Don't you dare. I know what that voice is like. I know what it's like to think something and him say, what in the world are you doing thinking of something like that? How are you in my mind? <laughs> I know what it's like to stay still and him say, you should have you acted. I know what it's like to stay quiet and for him to say, you should have spoken. I know what it's like to commit a sin against God and be brought down so low. My conscience can do this. No, no, probably, probably shouldn't do that. Like the little Jiminy Cricket. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He brings, I know what it's like to sin and be brought down so low I can't continue. I can't eat my meat with gladness. I cannot enjoy my day. I cannot sleep until I confess the sin and ask him to forgive me. Do you know that voice? Or can you sin and sin and sin and sin and feel nothing? And if you can, something's wrong, sir. And something's wrong, ma'am. Can you lie and lie and lie and gossip and tear other people down so that you can be built up? Can you cheat in your business dealings? Can you cheat on your spouse? whether in action or in notion, whether with your hands or with your eyes? Can you curse and swear? Can you blaspheme? Can you use the name of God in vain, which he says, I will not hold anybody guiltless if they use my name in vain? Can you use Jesus Christ as a swear word? Can you pair the word God and damnation together and feel nothing? Can you watch filth and feel nothing? Can you listen to hell's music that's all about drugs and immorality and feel nothing? Can you parade your body around like it's a billboard and feel nothing? Can you think whatever you want to think? Is this just an empire of perfect freedom where you can do whatever you want and you can think whatever you want and you can kill whoever you want and you can mess with whoever you want? And you can drink and be drunk and feel nothing? Or you can smoke or you can vape and you can inject? Do you hear no voice of God telling you you are sinning against me? 
Or worse, do you hear his voice and ignore him? When he says you're wrong, do you say, I don't care? When he says you're wrong, do you say, actually, I think I'm right? When he says you're wrong, do you say, well, times have changed? Or when he says you are wrong, you are sinning, is there anything within you that says you're right? You're right. Have mercy upon me. Where is the person who will be a real sinner? I'm sick and tired of fake sinners. Where is somebody who will be a real sinner? Where's the man in this room who will be a real sinner? Where's the woman in this room who will be a real sinner? Where's the child in this room who will be a real sinner? I've, en I've had enough of people who believe their sin to be excusable and acceptable when the voice of God says it is exceedingly sinful. I've had enough of people who, when they sin, always have an excuse for it. Have you ever met somebody who, no matter what you bring up, maybe you're a manager, you lead people, and everything that they do wrong and you call them out on it, they always got an excuse. Does it not annoy you? Does it not frustrate you? Do you not have more respect for the person to come back and say, I was wrong, you're right, and I will do my best never to do it again? Where is the person who will see their sin and hate it? Where's the person who will see that they are a sinner and hate that they are a sinner? Where's the person who will see how wicked they are and make no excuses for it? Where's the person who will weep over their sin and not sweep over their sin? Where, where's the person who will admit, I am the criminal, I'm not the victim? When was everybody handed out a victim card in the United States of America? Pull it up, tear it up, and throw it away. Where's the person who will take responsibility? That is the person who knows the voice of God. The person who is broken. The person who's grieved and brought down so low that they know they can't come back up. Doctor, I'm sure you have patients that have come to you and they're very sick but they don't admit that they're sick. And because they don't see how sick they are, it doesn't matter. You can't help them. And even though they are healthier than another person, if that person comes in and says, doctor, what do I do? I can't do this. And they listen to what you say and they take their prescription and they, they change their diet and they change everything. You can help that person. Where's the person who will see how wicked they are? If you want to ask me, Johnny, why aren't as many people getting saved today as they used to? You know, back in the 70s and the 80s, thousands of people would get saved. Brother Gene, why aren't people getting saved today like they used to? You know my answer? People today aren't getting lost like they used to. Johnny, why isn't God building people up like he used to? Because people won't let God tear them down like they used to. Why isn't God filling people like he used to? Because people won't let God empty them like they used to. 
Why isn't God speaking like he used to? People aren't listening like they used to. Our churches are not dying because the Savior has stopped being the Savior. Our churches are dying because sinners have stopped being sinners. People are not dying and going to hell because the Savior has stopped being the Savior. People are dying and going to hell because sinners have stopped being sinners. And anybody who knows the voice of God will know that they are a sinner. A poet wrote this about these, this, this verse. To understand these things aright, this grand distinction should be known. Though all are sinners in God's sight, there are but few so in their own. To such as these our Lord was sent, there are only sinners who repent. What comfort can a Savior bring to those who never felt their, ro their woe? A sinner is a sacred thing. The Holy Ghost hath made him so. Do you know his voice? And if you will ever know his voice, you will know it in a clear, heavy, and constant conviction of sin. And if you don't know that, you don't know him. And by the way, if you don't know the Holy Spirit, you don't know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. You know, I've never met God the Father. And I've never met Jesus Christ the Son. But I've met the Holy Spirit. If you will know God, you will know the Holy Spirit first and foremost. And if you do not know the conviction of your sin, you don't know him. And you can claim Jesus' name all you want. But if he has never convicted you of your sin and shown you how deep and depraved you are, you don't know him. But let me ask you this now. What good is being convinced of our sin unless we are also shown the remedy. If the physician stops at the diagnosis and gives no prescription, the patient will never improve. And then what, what benefit was the physician? I don't go to the doctor to, for him to tell me, yeah, you're sick. Thanks, thanks. Doc, why do you think I came? I, I came here to, to, so I could get better. So what good would the Holy Spirit's ministry of saying, yep, you're a sinner, what good would that be unless there was a remedy? And that's why the voice of God, when he first speaks, he doesn't just stop at reproving of sin. He moves on and he reproves of righteousness. Now, it's strange, isn't it? It's strange to say reprove of righteousness because the word reprove means to expose, to point out, to correct. I have reproved my child. I reproved my employee. You don't reprove somebody unless there's something wrong and you, you expose it in order for it to be corrected. So it may, I can understand then for God to say, I reprove of sin. The voice of God reproves of sin. Sin is wrong. I'm going to expose that wrong by my definition, not yours. I'm going to expose that wrong so that it can be corrected. So then we have to keep that definition and say, when, when the Lord says the Holy Spirit is going to be given to reprove of righteousness, that tells us, Something is wrong with righteousness, and he's going to expose that in order for it to be corrected. Now, let's not overcomplicate it. When man's sin is exposed for what it truly is, 
he immediately schemes and plots and plans to find a way to undo it, to cover it, to develop our own righteousness. When Adam and Eve's sin was exposed, they knew that they were naked. They made to themselves fig leaves. Aprons of fig leaves, right? Let's cover this up. And man has come up with our own, okay, yeah, we're sinners. We've come up with our own idea of righteousness. We call it religion. We call it good works. We picture a big scale. And on this side is all of our bad. And on this side is all of our good. And if the bad outweighs the good, we're sinners. But if the good can, we're righteous. And the voice of God will reprove, point out, convince, expose that this idea of righteousness is incorrect. Do you know that voice? Or do you know man's voice? Because man says righteousness comes from doing good. Uh Uh-huh. What does the voice of God say? There is none that doeth good. See, it was for a purpose. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait. Let's, Let's give man some credit here, right? Bear with me. Let's give man some credit here. Why why does man believe in their own form of righteousness? Why do they believe that righteousness is found in doing good? It's very simple. We became sinners by doing bad, right? We became sinners by doing bad. So doesn't it only make sense that we become righteous by doing good? I'm not trying to trick you. Just doesn't that make sense? If our life was a tree, our sin is the bad fruit, right? Our sin is the bad fruit. Wouldn't it be good to snip off the bad fruit? Wouldn't it be good to do that? And, and, you know, if enough of our time was spent snipping off the bad fruit, wouldn't we have done enough good to be acceptable in God's sight and to to merit God's favor? Because who isn't a sinner, right? Who doesn't have bad fruit? At least we're not letting it grow unchecked. It's an understandable idea. But it's an understandable idea that is strictly reproved by the voice of God. Because remember, when a tree brings forth bad fruit... It's not a fruit problem, it's a root problem. Every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. Every corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Righteousness is not found in removing bad fruit. It's found in replacing bad roots. Look again in verse 9. Look again in verse 9. Why is the Holy Spirit reproving of sin? He reproves of sin because they do bad things. Because they don't do good things. Of sin because they believe not on me. Let me ask you something. Why is this world so dark? 
Think, think about it, don't call it out, but why is this world so dark? Many of your answers, many people's answers would be because she's filled with injustice. And she's filled with immorality, she's filled with hate, she's filled with idolatry, she's filled with ingratitude, she's filled with fornication and disobedience, she's filled with sin. That's, that's why the world is so dark. Okay, 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 okay. But why is the world filled with those sins? Why is she filled with immorality? Why is she filled with fornication and disobedience and all that? Why? Because they don't believe. Man gets so caught up in the fruit of sin. God looks at the root of sin. Let's get down to the base here. All the sin that you see in this world, all the sin that you see in your heart is nothing more than the inevitable outcome of unbelief. Unbelief is the root of the matter. So because man thinks that sin is found in the breaking of the law, man comes to the conclusion that righteousness is found in the keeping of the law. Logical conclusion. But God doesn't say, I'm going to reprove of sin because they break the law. He says, I'm going to reprove of sin because they believe not on me. So the Holy Spirit, the voice of God, will tell you sin is much more than breaking the law. And therefore, if sin is much more than breaking the law, righteousness is much more than keeping the law. If sin is found in unbelief, where is righteousness found? You can answer. You know it. If sin is found in unbelief, where is righteousness found? Belief. And the voice of God will convince, will convince you of that. Do you know that voice? That true righteousness does not come from the works of your hands. It comes from the faith of your heart in Jesus Christ who has gone to the Father. Now the works, not, now the righteousness of God is manifested without the law. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ. Unto them which believe. Believe what? Believe that Jesus has ascended to his Father. Well, if Jesus ascended to his Father, it means he rose again. And if Jesus rose again, it means he died. And if Jesus died, even though he never sinned, it means he died for your sins and for mine. Perfect timing, right? Don't worry about it. What do we believe in? He ascended. If he ascended, he rose. If he rose, it's only because he died. If he died, it's only because he died for us. God made him to be sin for us that we might, that sinners might be made the righteousness of God in him. Do you know that voice? Do you know what it feels like to be convinced of your sin? For your sin to be exposed and then convinced that nothing you can ever do will get you to heaven. Nothing you can ever do will make you righteous. And by the way, if you ever truly see your sin as it is, if you ever truly see how wicked you are, what hope do you have to save yourself? 
All who truly see the depth of their sin will be immediately convinced that they cannot save themselves. They must have a savior. If you believe in any way you can save yourself, you've never been convicted of your sin. Any voice who tells you, sinner, work, is not the voice of God. The voice of God says, sinner, believe. Sinner, trust. Sinner, have faith in Jesus. Long before the law was ever spoken to man, the Bible says Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. As you toil and you struggle and you work underneath the burden of your sin and your religion, do you hear no voice of God telling you, not of works? Do you hear any voice? I talked to a young man yesterday. His name was Isaac. Grew up in the Catholic Church. He's like, you know, I never put a lot of stock into it. It didn't make sense to me. I said, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? He's like, right now I know I'm not because I haven't confessed in like five years. And I showed him the Bible. Showed him what the Bible had to say. And by the end of it, he said, huh, that seems like it's more a personal thing. It, it seems like it's a personal belief, a personal decision. All throughout that man's life, growing up in religion, religion says do, 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 and confess and work, 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 work. Something within, something from without was telling him that, that ain't right. That's not right. And then when the scriptures were revealed to him, something said, that's, that's it. That's it. Do you know that voice? If you do not know that voice, or do you know the voice and do you ignore him? When he says believe, do you say, no, I'll work? No one has ever worked their way to heaven. There is no side door, back door, detour to heaven. And yet so many try. But if you will ever know his voice, you will first know it in deep conviction of sin. And then you will know his voice when he convinces you that because of your sin, you can't do anything about that. Your righteousness must be found in somebody else. But now, let me ask you this, in somewhat closing. So we ask, first of all, what is the point of being convinced of sin if we were not also convinced of the remedy for the sin. But now I ask you, what's the point of being convinced in Jesus' righteousness if there was not a day coming where you would be judged as to whether or not you accepted Jesus' righteousness? If there was no day in which we were examined whether or not we believed in God's way or not, what's the point? And so he reproves of judgment. Judgment. Judgment to come. Once again, a little strange. Why reprove of judgment? Well, there must be a wrong idea of judgment. So what wrong idea of judgment will the voice of God reprove? This idea that even though we have ignored his voice and chose our own way of righteousness, we'll be accepted. We'll be accepted at the judgment day. Because I did all these good things. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils? And in thy name done many 
wonderful works. I never knew you. Let me ask you this. If the prince of this world can't escape judgment, how do you expect to escape? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Listen to me, my friend. You will either be reproved of judgment now or you will be reproved in judgment then. And I'm asking you this morning, do you know his voice? If you do not know what it's like to be convicted of your sin, you don't know his voice. If at this moment you believe that you can find your own righteousness through your religion and your good deeds and you have the capacity to undo your bad with your good, you don't know his voice. If you can sin and sin and sin and hear nothing, feel nothing, you don't know his voice. And if you're putting your faith and trust in anything else, you don't know his voice. And if you, don't, if you are not convinced at this moment that you will stand before God someday, you, you do not know his voice because it is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. And at that judgment, he won't ask you, were you a member of Heritage Baptist Church? He will not ask you, what denomination were you? I'm curious. He will not ask you, did you wear a suit and tie? It's important to me. <laughs> he will not ask you, were you baptized? He will not ask you, how much money did you donate? Because he doesn't care. He will ask you, did you believe in Jesus? Amen. Did you believe in my son? Did you believe in his death and burial and resurrection for you? Because if you could get to heaven on your own, why would he have to do that, sir? And if he did it, did he do it so you could hope? Did he do it so you could hope? Well, I hope so. He did it so you could know. So that you could know so. If he's going to convince you that you're a sinner... He's not going to not convince you that you can be saved and that you can go to heaven. Is the voice speaking to you? Do you hear even now? And see, some of you, you've heard the voice before, but it's only when you're around spiritual things. When you read your Bible, you hear the voice. When you put it away, you don't hear it anymore. It's like, it's like the Holy Ghost was a speaker that's tucked in over here. Or right here. we go. Perfect. And so when you come to church, the, you, you get closer to the speaker, and so you hear it a little bit, but then you get out of church and you don't hear it anymore, and you can live however you want to live. And when you read your Bible, you get a little closer, and so he talks to you, but then you put your Bible away and you listen to podcasts for a little bit and you don't hear anything. Or when you engage in spiritual conversation, you feel that, oh, I, I, I do need to... I shouldn't be living this way. And I, I, I sh there must be more. It must not just be my religion. It, and I, I don't want to stand before God, but then you walk away and you don't hear it anymore. Imagine if you could take the speaker and tuck it in your heart. You'd hear it all the time. All the time. You can't escape it then. 
And every time you sin, hey, why is it so important? Because judgment's coming, son. And Jesus died for you. And he didn't die for you so you could live like that. You are not a pilot without a tower. You are not a trainee without a trainer. You are not a student without a teacher. You're not a hiker without a guide. You are not a patient without a physician. You are not a human without a God. He is speaking. And he reproves. And yet he's called the comforter. Someone who's always saying, wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, not always. How can he be called the comforter when he's reproving, reproving, reproving? Because, my friend, when you listen, when he says, don't you do that, and you don't, when he says, do that, and you do, and when he says, get ready for judgment, and you do everything you can, oh, my friend, there is no better feeling than when you obey. No better feeling at all. But even with his punishment, we're reminded he wouldn't be punishing me if I wasn't his child. So then I have to ask you, if you hear his voice, if you are convinced of your sin, why are you not washed from it? And if you are convinced of the righteousness of Jesus, why are you seeking for it elsewhere? And if you are convinced that judgment is to come, why are you waiting Why not be saved today? Because you are not guaranteed tomorrow. I cannot help but think if you were poor and I set a million dollars up here and said, free, you'd run. I cannot help but think if you were sick and I said, cure for free, you'd get in line. May I remind you, when COVID came through and they said vaccine with no proof of of any type of efficacy, that's a hard word to say, people lined up in droves. And yet I say you're a sinner. Here's a savior. And you reject? Well, preacher, you might be wrong. Okay, if I'm wrong, I live a good life. I have a wonderful wife, beautiful kids, not in trouble with the law. I die, I turn to dust. Congratulations. What if you're wrong? If you hear his voice today, don't reject him. Sinner be saved. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And Christian, listen. Listen. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.